Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Amen. So good to be in church and so good to be able to go to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 25. And I'm reading from verse 19. The Bible says, This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. I did that, not too bad. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless, and the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. And so, Father, we just thank you for your word. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to each and every one of us today. I just thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be a spirit of wisdom, revelation, to understand and to hear the word of God. It's not about our glory, it's about your glory, oh God. We bind every work of the enemy. Let there be nothing in me that hinders this word today, I pray. Just let there be freedom today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to begin a new series entitled Breaking Spiritual Barrenness. I want to begin a new series entitled Breaking Spiritual Barrenness. One of the things God calls all of us to do is to be fruitful and to be effective. Right from the beginning, God commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And throughout the scripture, this theme appears again and again, and it's a promise for every believer. Psalm 92 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It's a, it's a, it's a promise of, of flourishing. The condition, be planted in the house of God. It doesn't say those that attend the house of God uh, shall flourish. It doesn't say that. It, it doesn't say those who belong to podcast church shall flourish. like that. That's not what it's saying. It's those who are planted in the house. There's something about being planted in the house of God that causes us to flourish. I don't fully understand it, but I know that it's true. They shall still bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh, and they shall flourish. Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. It's to the glory of God. God calls us as believers to be effective, to be productive, to make disciples, to grow, and to make a difference, to bring people to Christ. Now, the opposite of fruitfulness is barrenness. Barrenness is defined in the dictionary as not producing or incapable of producing offspring. Unproductive, unfruitful. Physical barrenness can be extremely difficult for a couple to deal with. And certainly my heart goes to couples that are struggling in this area. I can't even imagine the questions, the heartache, the tears. But in this series, I don't want to so much speak about physical barrenness. I want to speak about spiritual barrenness. 
Spiritual barrenness is the time of our life when we feel dry and there's no sense of life, no vision, no sense of purpose. Life has become a drudgery. We feel blocked and empty, unproductive, unfruitful. Uh, when everybody else seems to be used by God, but, but we don't feel like we're, we're accomplishing anything, doing anything. It's the desert seasons, the wilderness seasons of life. And if that's you, I, I just want you to know that's not the will of God for your life. That God has called us to bear much fruit for the glory of God. That God has called us to, 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 to be productive and to be used by God. Spiritual barrenness doesn't just happen to individuals. It can also happen to churches. In churches, it's where we no longer feel the presence of God. It's dry and empty. There's no life, no vision, no direction, no people coming to Christ. No people being born into the kingdom of God. I pray that that would be the, never be the testimony of this church. Can I hear an amen? I pray that our name, Life Church, would be prophetic of what God is doing inside the church. That there would always be a sense of life, a spirit, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit moving amongst us. God speaking. We sense the presence of God. Can I hear an amen? Here's my concern as a pastor. My concern as a pastor is that we can confuse activity with fruitfulness. We can, we can, we can confuse noise with fruitfulness, numbers with fruitfulness. That those things are not necessarily synonymous. Now, as I was praying about 2023, I just felt that one of the areas that we need to grow in is we need to see people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to see people come to faith, come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Jesus never came to start a religion. He never came to start a church. He came so that we could know God as our Father, that we could have a relationship with Him. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's why Jesus came. Jesus said, go into the whole world and make disciples of all nations. That's the primary vision and the mission of the church. I, I pray that we would always have a heart for those that don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I thank God every day um, that uh, the reason why many of us are here today is because someone spoke to us about Jesus. We were far away. We, we, didn't, we were far away from God. We didn't want to know God, didn't want to hear about church. We just thought they're all a bunch of lunatics uh, out there. We didn't want to know anything about that. But someone, there was someone who understood the Word of God, someone who understood those Scriptures, someone who understood the Word that said, go and make disciples of our nations. And they dared to speak to us about this Jesus. They dared to invite us to church maybe to come along and, and hear uh, and, and to be able to sense the presence of God. And while we resist, that at first, as they were speaking, it kind of resonated inside of our spirit. I think this is true. There's something about this. Let me go and check it out. And then one day we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We surrendered our life to Jesus and our life was never the same again. It was like before that it was black and white. And then afterwards we started to see life in color. Something was changed. Something was changed. I thank God for those people that dared to speak to us about Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would always be a church that would always have a passion for those that don't know Jesus, that we would always be a church that would, would reach out to those who are far from God. And so as I was praying about 2023, I just said, Lord, I, I, I want us to be a church that, that sees people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so how do we break spiritual barrenness in our lives and in the life of the church? Well, as we look at the scriptures, we find that this theme of barrenness runs right throughout the Bible. In fact, some of the most significant uh, mothers of the Hebrew race were actually barren. People like Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, Rachel, Elizabeth. Uh, 
And their stories are recounted in Scripture with detail. And as they worked through their barrenness, their barrenness was broken. They became fruitful, and God did some amazing things in their lives. So I want us to look at their stories, because there's no accidents in the Bible. How many people understand that? The Bible is the Word of God, doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. We heard about that a few weeks ago in Pastor Elio's message. And every story that's in the Bible is there for a reason. It speaks to us, not only in the natural, it speaks to us also about spiritual things. And that's what I love about the Word. You can read the Word, and, and, and the Word is plain enough that anyone who even doesn't know too many spiritual things or understand too much, you can understand the Word very clearly because it speaks to us. But then as you dig deeper and as you dive into the Word, it can actually go deeper and deeper, and understanding and revelation can become deeper. So I want us to look at their stories um, over the next couple of weeks. And my prayer is that through their stories, we're going to learn some lessons, principles on how our spiritual barrenness can be broken, that God, that God will restore our hearts, that life and vision and, and productivity will, be, will start to return, that we'll be used by God in a mighty and powerful way in the name of Jesus to bring fruit for the glory of God. Um. My prayer is that the series that God will release us to, to bear fruit for his glory. So the question is, how do we break spiritual barrenness? How do we move into a place of fruitfulness? Well, to help us understand or answer that question, we're going to look at the story of Abraham, sorry, Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca's story is recounted in the book of Genesis. Rebecca was the daughter-in-law of, uh, of Abraham, and God appeared to Abraham one day, and he said, you're going to be the father of a great nation. Abraham was married to Sarah. Sarah was barren. We know the story that eventually uh, she became pregnant and had a son called Isaac. Well, when Isaac was of age to be married, his father sent his chief servant to get a wife for Isaac. He didn't want Isaac to marry a Canaanite, so he sends his servant to his, uh, his hometown to look for a wife. It's recounted in Genesis 24, great passage of Scripture. So Abraham's servant went to Nahor and through divine guidance, you can read about that, he finds Rebecca. Uh, the servant shows Rebecca a few photos of Isaac and she says, well, he's not too bad. And so that's how, that's how it was done in the old days, by the way. In the old country, that's how it was done. They just used to send a photo. And some of them decided to get married to someone in Italy uh, on the basis of a photo that they sent. Too bad if they were, you know, not nice people. But anyway, yep, we'll get married. That's what happened here with Rebecca and I. Um, and so they kind of spent a bit of time there. And the Bible says before she left to go to, back to Isaac, the Bible says they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, May you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. It's a great promise for Rebecca. Only problem for Rebecca is she was barren. In fact, for 20 years, she was unable to have children. Great promise. It was an awesome promise, but she couldn't have children. And then her husband Isaac prays for her, and she became pregnant, and she had twins. Jacob and Esau. 
story teaches us a couple of principles that I want to share with all of us. They're simple principles, but I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. Because I, I, I believe this, what's worse than physical barrenness is spiritual barrenness. It's where we enjoy the presence of God. It's where we, we love to sing and we love to worship. And, but but, but, but we, we never have this, this desire to bring fruit for the glory, to see people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, to see people come into the kingdom of God. And so my prayer is that God is going to speak to us uh, through this particular story. So the first principle is that spiritual barrenness is broken by believing that we're called to be fruitful, that we can be fruitful. Abraham's servant, by divine guidance, finds Rebekah as a wife for Isaac. Here was the prom- here's the promise again. They blessed Rebekah and said to her, may you increase to thousands and may your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. It's a powerful declaration for Rebecca's life. And I, I want us to take this promise this morning and apply it to our lives. I want, us, I want us to take this promise as a prophetic word over our lives because if we're going to be fruitful, it begins by believing the promise of God over our lives. Now notice, notice the promise. First of all, it was a promise of divine blessing. It was a promise of divine blessing. The Bible says, and they blessed Rebecca. Now, the Hebrew word for blessed there means to endure with power for success, prosperity, longevity, provision, protection, glory, honor, and favor. It's a, it's a powerful word. The word blessing there is a, is a powerful word. The concept in the Bible was powerful. There's something we need more than anything else in our lives. It's the blessing and favor of God. Can I hear an amen? Uh, now, the word bless has lost its meaning. We kind of use it when someone sneezes. We say, oh, you know, bless you or whatever. Uh, bless the food and so on. But the word bless in the bi- biblical sense meant to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. It was profound. And there's something about having the blessing of God upon our lives. There's something about having the blessing of God upon our church. Esau understood the, ble- the power of the blessing, which normally was reserved for the first son. Which in our family, let me see, it happens to be me. There you go, that's not bad. Uh, When Esau heard that his father blessed Jacob, he said, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said to his father, don't you have only another blessing for me? You only have just one blessing. We need the blessing of God upon our lives. Man, I mean, if we could get a revelation of this, that more than anything else, what we need in our lives is the blessing of God. We don't need more, more education or more abilities or more not. So often we think, hey, if I got the right person, got a network, got to do this and got to do that and got to do the other thing. Nothing wrong with any of those things, just for the record, it's fine. But what we need more than anything else is the blessing and the favor of God. When we have the blessing of God, uh, 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 coincidences begin to happen in our lives. It's the blessing of God. Jabez played, prayed, oh, that you would bless me. He was, he was born in pain. His name meant pain. I mean, talk, talk about, you know, it's one wrong thing after another in his life. And yet he prays. He's praying. He's in the midst of this difficult and dark and terrible situation. It's one bad thing after another. Bad circumstances about his birth and family and so on. But in the midst of that, he prays, oh, that you would bless me. Because he understood the power of the blessing of God. I don't know what the circumstances of your birth are. I don't know what the circumstances of your family are, what's happening around you. But I want you to know what you need more than anything else. What we need more than anything else is the blessing of God. Oh, that you would bless me, oh God. 
We need to know that God wants to bless us. And His desire is to pour out His favor and His grace upon our life. Now, I know what you say, some of you are saying, I get it, Pastor Joe. I get all of that, but it's not for me. As the person sitting next to me, the person in front of me, the other person. You know, understand something about I'm not spiritual. I'm, I'm a bad person, done bad things. My life is a mess, blah, 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 blah. And the devil convinces us so, so often for why the blessing does not apply to us. I want you to know that God has called us to be blessed. To be blessed. This promise that, that was spoken over Rebecca's life, it's a promise that God wants to speak over our life. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter whether you feel that you're blessed or not blessed or lucky or not lucky and so on and so on. A load of, a load of rubbish. What, what is true is the Word of God. And God's Word says that in Christ Jesus we are blessed. So Pastor Joe, well, how do we appropriate that? I tell you how we appropriate that. In our lives, as we go into prayer, we say, Father, I just thank you that I'm blessed. I'm not blessed because I pray a lot. I'm not blessed because I read my Bible. I'm not blessed because I do the right thing all the time. I'm blessed because of Jesus Christ. And I just thank you, Lord God, that I'm blessed. I, I, I thank you that I'm blessed and favored by you. I thank you, Lord God. Man, it's, it's a pro But Pastor Joe, I don't feel it. Who cares about our feelings? I think it's about time we tell our feelings to take a holiday in the name of Jesus. I think it's about time we tell our thoughts to take a holiday and we bring our thinking and our feelings into line with truth, which is the Word of God. And God's Word says that you and I are blessed. Oh, but Pastor Joe, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. I don't understand. But God understands and He created you. And He created you for such a time as this. And His will for your life and my life is that we be blessed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The only thing that's going to stop us from appropriating that blessing is whether we believe it to be true or not in our lives. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law a day and night? And that person is like a tree planted by streams of water who yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever, 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 whatever they do, prospers. Someone who delights in the law of the Lord. So Pastor Joe, what are you, what, just help me understand here. But what, Are you saying that I can do whatever I want and I'm still blessed? No, that's not the Scriptures. In fact, let me read this one. Um, God spoke to the people of Israel and he said this. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, your new wine, your olive tree, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. He will bless your investments. He will bless your employment. He will bless all of those things. What, what he's saying it's a promise. Notice the condition. If you pay attention to these laws. God doesn't demand perfection. It's always about the heart. Is my heart inclined to the things of God? Or is my heart inclined to the things that are not of God? It's about where we're pointing. God doesn't demand perfection. What he's looking for is a heart that is pointing towards him. Some people think that they can point the other direction and still experience the blessing of God. That's not the Scriptures. It's not the Scriptures. The Bible is, as we point towards God, we can experience the blessing of God. 
um, there's something that's going to break barrenness. It's the blessing of God upon our lives. We need to know and believe and confess that in Christ, we are blessed. Can I hear an amen? amen. We are blessed in God. Not only was it a promise of divine blessing, it was also a promise of supernatural growth. The Bible says, and they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. This was a promise of enlargement for Rebecca. It's going to become fruitful. We need to believe that we can do great things for God. So often we're limited by a small vision. God has so much more in store for us. I believe that God wants to enlarge our thinking, our vision, our understanding, our influence, our testimony. Jabez prayed, listen to Jabez prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. We need to believe that God wants to enlarge our territory, enlarge our vision, enlarge our capacity. God wants to use us to be a blessing to thousands upon thousands. Isaiah says this, Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch, out your, stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. What a, what a powerful scripture for you and me. God is saying, just get ready. Enlarge. Because I want to do something with your life. God said to everyone, I'm going to make you a great nation. And I'll bless you and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. The reason why God wants to bless us, not so that we can go around saying, look how blessed I am. The reason why God wants to bless us is so that we can be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Man, that's so powerful. So that we can be a conduit for the blessing and the favor of God. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing. How can I, how can I use this to, for your kingdom in the name of Jesus? Speaking to a business guy recently, and uh, just a guy that loves God, and he said, "Well, the only reason why I think you should be in business is 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 for the kingdom of God." And I thought, well, "That's that's a powerful revelation." It's Lord, you know, increase. We want to believe for all of that, but ultimately, there needs to be a greater purpose. Greater purpose for the kingdom of God. When we tap into the kingdom of God or the purposes of the kingdom of God, man, man, work becomes different. Our motivation becomes different. There's something that the church needs today is supernatural growth, not growth that has been engineered by some good marketing strategies, but growth that comes from the hand of God. And then the promise they gave Rebecca was also a promise of victory and warfare. The Bible says, may your offspring possess the cities of the enemies and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. To possess the gates of the enemy was to occupy the place of power, authority and control. If there's someone who wants to stop us from being fruitful, it's the enemy. If there's someone who wants to limit your growth and level of influence, it's the enemy. And he will throw all kinds of things at us. He will throw circumstances, situation, mindset, strongholds, habits in our thinking, deception, thoughts that will destroy us. In Bible times, the, 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 the cities were surrounded by a wall. And the only way to get into the city was actually through the gates. Once you got into the gates, you could actually take the whole city. And we too have gates. Our gates are the entry points in our lives and our hearts. The gates of our lives include our eyes, our ears, our mind, our heart. It's what the enemy uses to get to our heart. The enemy, can, can't, make, the enemy can't make us do anything. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You chose to do it. 
He set up a bunch of circumstances to kind of make this look like the right thing. But you did it in the end. Take responsibility for your behavior. One of the great principles of life, take responsibility for your behavior. Blame the devil for all kinds of stuff. (laughs) He'll create circumstances, situations. The right person that seems to understand you like no one else understands me. Pastor Joe, you you don't understand. Because he knows that if he can get through our gates, then he can get to our heart. And that's what he's after. He's after your heart. Because he knows that if he gets there, he can destroy our life. Listen, Listen to what Solomon said to his son. He said, above all else, guard your heart. Where everything flows from that. Protect your heart. Protect the eye gate, the ear gate. Protect them. Because the enemy is going to try and use those to take possession. If we're going to be fruitful and effective, we need to learn how to overcome the enemy. And the great promise to all of us is that in Christ, we can be victorious over the enemy. God said to the people of Israel, I will drive out nations before you enlarge your territory. Rebecca, the barren woman, received this promise long before it was fulfilled. And it was prophesied that she would be a blessing, supernatural influence, victory over enemies. I believe that promise is for us in the name of Jesus. Second principle we learn from Rebecca is that barrenness is broken through prayer. Rebecca had a great promise, but she was still barren. The Bible goes on to say Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. If you're a person that underlines scriptures, you need to underline this one because it's a powerful scripture. Embedded in this scripture is an important principle. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. Um, King James Version says, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord. Um, the word pleaded here in the, in the text is the Hebrew word author, which, which means to pray and train in the seed. It's to, it's to cry out to God for deliverance. And one of the ways that we break through barrenness is, is through prayer and intercession. The Bible says that Isaac pleaded with the Lord. It's interesting that, that you know, I, I, th- I read the scripture and, and the first thought that came to my mind is, is, you know, Isaac prayed and Rebecca became pregnant. What would have happened if Isaac hadn't prayed? And, you know, I don't understand everything there is about prayer because some of you are saying to me, well, Pastor Joe, I prayed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand everything there is to know about prayer. All I know is this. The Bible says that my responsibility is to pray and then God does the rest. That's my responsibility. I know that when I pray, coincidences happen. I know that when I pray, things begin to change. I know that when I pray, I get ideas. I know, I know that when I pray, um, things begin to change by his grace for his glory. Isaac moved into the gap and prayed for his barren wife and God answered a prayer. One of the ways we break a season of barrenness is through, is through prayer and intercession. It's by crying out to God, seeking God, pleading with God. It's a recognition that ultimately God is the author of life. Isaac prayed and the Lord answered his prayer. And I know we've been speaking a lot about prayer here at church and we're going to continue. Um, we do that because we, we, we believe that prayer is powerful. Prayer moves the hand of God. We don't get fruitfulness by seeking fruitfulness. We get fruitfulness by seeking God. It's not so much the prayer that moves the hand of God. Pastor Joe, do I need to pray? How long do I need to pray for? 
10 minutes, 20 minutes, is that going to give it? Is that going to do it? Is it 30, maybe 60? Is that going to be an hour? Ooh. It's not so much the prayer that moves the hand of God. It's drawing nearer to God. It's knowing God. It's coming into the presence of it. Prayer is the language of intimacy. Prayer is what brings us into the presence of God. And it's in the presence of God that God begins to speak. It's in the presence of God that God does some of his greatest work in our hearts and lives. Whatever problem you're going through right now, as big as it may seem, the answer for your problem is in the presence of God. And what's going to bring us into the presence of God is, is, uh, is prayer. It's prayer and intercession. Because it's in that place that God begins to speak and do great things. Job said, but as for me, I would seek God and, I, and to God I'll commit my cause who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things about without number. You know, there's a testimony of my life. You've heard me say many times. But you know, um, my, I finished high school year 11. Year 11, that's it. It's as far as I got. I, I finished school in year 11. Wasn't great at English, good at maths, but not great at English. And you know, I came to church like this and I heard sermons. And preaching was saying, you're here for a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So I started to respond to that. I started to believe that maybe God had created me for a reason and for a purpose. And so I just started to pray and seek God. God, do something with my life. I want to know you. I want to draw nearer to you. I thank you that I am blessed by you. I didn't feel blessed. I thought everybody was smarter than me, greater than me, blah, 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 all of that. I've, I've got it all, by the way. I'm as human as human come. <laughs> I bleed like you. But I just started to believe the word. It said, you created for a reason. We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance. I said, Lord, if that's true, I want to know what that looks like for me. So I started pressing into God. I want to know you more. I pressed it to God, not, 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 not to find out what that is, but just to know God in a greater and deeper way. And it's in the presence of God that God begins to speak. You learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Joe, how do I learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? It takes, like everything else, it's a skill you learn. It's a skill you learn. It takes time, practice. But as you spend time in the prayer, you learn to hear the voice and God begins to speak. The Holy Spirit said, go to Bible college. Not good at writing. Go to Bible college. Learn to write essays. Finish that. Go to university. Smart people go to university. I'm not smart. Go to university. I thought I'd give it a shot for six months. Pick the easiest subjects I could. Beginner's Italian. Io mi chiamo Giuseppe. You're amazing. You're a... You're a and it was with, there were Aussie students, it was me, right? And they thought, oh, you're so good, you know. But I never, I never studied, I never learned the rules, I just went, you know. So by the end of the year, they knew more than me. So I said, that's it, I'm out of here, you know. Went to university and finished one year, two, three, four, four, five, six. It's the grace of God. And did I want to be a pastor? I didn't want to be a pastor. I remember telling my mom, I don't want to be a pastor. Don't say things like that because they have a way of coming back at you. I didn't want to do any of this. But God saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. God sees things in you that you can't see in yourself. God sees things in you that you, God sees things in you that you cannot see in yourself. Well, how do I discover that? Believe that you can be blessed by God.
Believe that you are blessed by God. Believe that God wants to use you to be fruitful. Believe that God wants to use you to be an influence. It may not be worldwide, but God wants to use you to be an influence. And then begin to pray and just spend time in the presence of God. Make it your ambition in life, which I believe is the primary purpose for why we exist. It's to know God. It's to know God. And everything else will flow out of that because it's in the presence of God that God speaks. That vision, dreams start to happen. God begins to speak to you. Oh, Pastor John, I can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you more than you want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when He wants to speak to you, He's going to bug you so much that you can't do nothing else but obey. All He's looking for is a heart that is open towards Him. A heart that says, Lord, I just want to be used by you. Just do something with my life. As you pray like that, man, 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 God is going to begin to, to do some stuff in your life. In the name of Jesus. He has called us to be fruitful. What's worse than physical barrenness, and physical barrenness is terrible. I don't want to belittle that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, um, But what's worse than that is spiritual barrenness, where we bring no fruit for the glory. God wants to use us to bring fruit for the glory of God in the name of Jesus, by His grace and for His glory. One final scripture. God gave a promise to the ble- and, uh, of blessing to the people of Israel. And in the midst of the blessing, he highlights two groups of people. One was to the foreigners, those who said, oh, we don't belong, we're not Jews. God gives a promise to the people of Israel. Two people in there think, well, that's the promise for them, it's not for me. And, and God says, here's a word for the foreigners. Foreigners were people who would say, well, we're not Jews, it's not going to belong to us. Well, we're not Aussies. Promise isn't for us. We're different. We're not from this church, from another country. God has a word for them and says, you're included in the blessing. And then he highlights another group of people, the eunuchs. The eunuchs couldn't reproduce. And he said to them, and let no eunuch complain, I'm only a dry tree. Anybody ever felt like you're a dry tree? But this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me. And hold fast to my coming. Who have a heart that is inclined towards the things of God. Not perfection, but a heart that is inclined towards the things of God. Who's saying, you know what? Uh, I'm struggling. Some, some people say, well, Pastor John, I'm just struggling with sin. I'm just struggling with some stuff. I just don't know how to deal with this stuff. It, it, you can struggle this way and say, oh, well, too, too bad. I'm struggling. I'm just going to keep on doing it. Or you can struggle towards God. That's what God wants. Lord, I, you help me with this. Lord, I don't know what to do. I what do I need to do to get a breakthrough in this? That's what God is looking for. Who choose what pleases me, hold fast to my covenant. He says, don't you say you're just a dry tree. He says to them, observe the Sabbath, choose what pleases me, hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. And I'll give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. God is saying, you put me first, I'm going to use you in ways that's going to blow your mind. And I'll give you a name that's greater than sons and daughters, a name that's going to be remembered from generation to generation. I pray that we would begin to believe that we can be fruitful in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for all the things you've done. But use me by your grace and for your glory in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me?
Let's sing together, I worship you, almighty God. Because there is none like you. I just, wanna, I just want you to just, as you sing, it's a beautiful song because it's a, it's a song that brings us into the presence of God. And I just want to encourage you, just put your hands out and just worship. I worship you, God. Um, just want to be used by you, Lord God. You've created me. Do something with my life. Put gifts in my heart. Help me to know what they are and use them for your glory, Lord God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. Just put your hands out towards the Lord and I just want you to pray. I love you, Lord. And just, just pray. Just say, Lord, you know, you've created me. I'm here because you've ordained for me to be here. Just use me for your glory. I pray. You've given me gifts, opportunities. Just use me for your glory. What is it that you would want to do in and through my life? So I want to bring fruit for your glory above all else. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ shall last. I just pray that God would use us. I just pray that God would begin to speak to us about the kinds of things he wants to do in and through our lives by his grace, for his glory. And you know, as God begins to speak and you begin to obey, you can experience life. You can experience life like you've never had before. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in abundance. Man, when you're doing the things that God has called you to do, it's just amazing. It's this sense of, this is what I was created for. When, when, when you do that, it, it's extremely motivating. And God wants to use all of us for his glory. So Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, we, we, we don't want to just enjoy your pres presence and your blessing and not be a blessing to others. Use us for your glory, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name. We make ourselves available to be used by you. We, 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 our hands, our feet, our, our mouth. Uh, Father, use us for your glory, Lord God, I pray. Father, in this week as we go, Father, help us to believe that we are blessed in you, that you would enlarge our territory. Father, that you would give us victory wherever Whatever we're involved in, Lord God, that, that we could be used by you, Lord God. And that we will draw nearer to you, draw into your presence, Lord God, where we can hear the voice of the Spirit. And I just thank you that you're going to begin to speak to us. Ideas are going to start to come. Father, we're going to get a vision, a dream, a, a, an idea, Lord God. Ideas are going to be birthed that don't come from our mind, come from your heart, Lord God. And above all else, Lord God, we're going to be used by you to bring people to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Just like that person spoke to us, Lord God, you're going to use us to speak to others about you. You're going to create opportunities for us to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.